This is a GRDC podcast. Growing grain can be a very challenging business, and many researchers would say the same about running field trials. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley. When Western Australian ag research company Trialco signed on with GRDC to run a trial on non-wetting sandy soils in low rainfall country, the last thing anyone expected was a wet start to the growing season. Given the aim of the trial was to evaluate the impact of wetting agents in non-wetting soils on crop germination and establishment, not only were the goalposts moved, they were partly submerged. On a canola paddock in WA's Great Southern Agricultural Region, Deb Bishop caught up with Trialco's Executive Officer, Kylie Lockyer, and the company's Field Operations Manager, Steve Penny. We're about 10 kilometres south of Newdigate Town site and we're roughly 270 kilometres northeast of Albany, I guess, from the coast. So we're a fair way inland. It's the low rainfall zone. Quite often crops are sown under marginal conditions in this area. This season, though, has been an interesting one for you, particularly in regard to the trial we're going to talk to you about, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. GRDC's invested in this work to look at the effectiveness of these surfactants in marginal conditions or marginal moisture conditions. And this year, it's been very, very wet, Deb, so we haven't experienced the conditions that would be ideal to try and tease out responses. In a typical season, what's the extent of the soil constraints here in regard to non-wetting issues? I guess particularly at the start of seeding, there's quite a lot of crop, particularly canola, that's sown dry and that condition can be quite prolonged. So we can get marginal moisture events post-seeding and the whole theory behind using these surfactants is, is to try and support germination of the crop and make the most of the marginal moisture that, that is available under those conditions. Kylie Lockyer, um, Trico's exec officer and, and clearly a contribution, major contribution to this particular trial, just take us through the reasons for the trial um, in regard to perhaps the adoption of minimal till farming systems that seen the emergence of non-wetting issues over time. Yes, non-wetting is a massive issue for a lot of growers and the reason for the trial was to investigate different soil surfactant types, different rates and different application methods according to the label specifications. Are all non-wetting soils, are they similar, essentially? We don't think that they are similar because there's been research done into forest gravel types and they seem to be giving a response to soil surfactants and we wanted to investigate non-wetting sites that were predominantly sandy type soil surfaces. Just take us through what this particular trial's involved and the outcomes that you're seeing at the moment. This trial site has involved three types of wetter, two different rates, three application methods and the results we've seen have been that every plot has brought up a really good establishment basically because we had a very nice rainfall event directly after seeding and that turned the non-wetting issue into not an issue at all. Ordinarily are wetting agents suitable for these types of soils though in a typical season again? As Kylie's alluded to, our sites are predominantly sandy. Well, sand is the major fraction, so they're duplexes or some sort of sandy sites. And a lot of the research over the last 10 years indicates that the probability of response on those sort of soil types is probably a lot less than the forest gravels that Kylie's already mentioned. If growers are opting for surfactants as an option, what are the rates and placement options that you might recommend based on, and I understand what you're saying here about this trial, but based on trials uh, in typical seasons? 
I think that there's a lot goes into answering that question. I mean, one of the dominant application methods is to ban the products with the seed and that's actually quite convenient for growers because in a lot of cases their machinery is already set up to do that, whereas choosing a product that has to be applied on furrow requires more investment in their machinery to set it up to do that in, in a lot of cases. So there's a lot of intricacies in there. So here on Steve Thompson's property, we're looking at canola, where last year we had wheat. Are different stubble types and loads factored into the trial? We've tried to choose sites to cover a range of different combinations of both crop type and the stubble from the previous years. We were hoping to be able to relate that to responsiveness at the various sites, but we're struggling to get a response across the trial set, so it's hard to make conclusions. But we have recorded uh, stubble mass prior to seeding, stubble type, that sort of thing, in anticipation that we could tease out some trends. The results you're expecting aren't being delivered because of the season we've had, but no result surely is still a result in a sense, isn't it? Oh, it is, and you've only got to look at the previous research in this area to see that it is hit and miss, the responsiveness of these products. Stephen Davies from Deep Herd's been researching in this area for over a decade, and he's done some GRDC crop updates that show that Sometimes you get a response, sometimes you don't. There's a relationship between moisture at seeding and whether you get a response, and there's also a soil type relationship, so that you are more likely to get a response on certain soil types. There's no doubt about that. And Kylie, the grower here was saying to us, he's obviously pretty happy with what he's seeing here right now, but this non-wetting issue in sandy soils, you're saying can't be fixed by addressing a single treatment, for example, wetting agents. Is that the case? Oh, definitely. I think that farmers have been looking for some years now at amelioration techniques in conjunction and soil surfactants certainly would be a more convenient and possibly cheaper way to address the problem, but it's not the silver bullet to be relied upon. So the trial's continuing, but what's your advice? How should growers view surfactants as a treatment for non-wetting soil issues generally? I think growers need to look at the technology carefully. There are a lot of growers that have adopted the technology and then gone away from it because they thought that in the long term they weren't getting a response but whether it's related to soil type and application method I don't know but it obviously does work for some growers because they're continuing to use the products. And are they seeing though the increase in yield? I mean that actually is the bottom line isn't it? Is there evidence to support that? I think that's the ultimate gain, yeah, to see an increase in yield and some of them report that they're using their yield data or yield monitors to try and pick that up. But it's more complicated than that. I mean, if you're not getting a yield response and you're getting cover on those areas that are your traditional problem areas, you're getting more competition with weeds if there's crop stand there. So you're not having this flow-on effect of the weeds getting away on those areas and creating a seed bank that becomes a long-term or a medium-to-long-term issue to negate. What would your advice be to growers? I mean, given factants come at a cost, what is your advice to growers who might be looking for, you know, soil constraint solutions or options? This is obviously one. Is that the direction you take them in? I think my advice would be it's really important to know your soil type. Every farm situation is going to be different and I think you need to work through the different options available for soil amelioration. Yeah. And what about for growers to gain knowledge on this? Where are their options there? What avenues can they take? Look, there's plenty of data out there. GRDC's invested a lot of money in this area over many years. The Department of Agriculture, or Deep Herd, have been investigating the issue for a long time. So there's a poultice of trial work out there. Recently, it has become the flavour of the month due to years with less 
moisture, particularly at sowing. But a lot of the grower groups also, which sometimes involves GRDC investment, have got trial work, whether it's small plot research like we're conducting or larger scale investigations where they're using air seeders to put treatments out. So there's a lot of information out there and a lot of that would be available through the usual GRDC website and publications. And uh, where to for this particular trial here just outside of Newtergate? We'll continue to monitor this trial, so we'll take some more moisture readings today before we leave. There'll be several other visits. We're doing NDVI readings, measuring green leaf area, but this trial will go all the way through to harvest. We'll harvest the plots to generate yield data, and we'll also have grain analysed from the different plots to see if there's any differences in grain quality. But there's no doubt that there is a need for research to continue in this area. It's a big issue. Growers haven't got the answers yet, so I'm sure the research industry will continue to investigate this particular issue. Kylie, Steve, thanks a lot for talking to us today. Thank Thank you. Deb Bishop talking to Trial Co's Executive Officer Kylie Luckier and Field Operations Manager Steve Penny. There's also a video on this trial available on GRDC's YouTube channel. And Groundcover has a comprehensive report on this trial as well as surfactant trial work being conducted by Southern Dirt Incorporated, Grower Group Alliance and the Stirlings to Coast Farmers Group. I'm Tony Crowley and you've been listening to a GRDC podcast.